Hey everybody. Welcome back to Drama <laughs> Drama Episode two. Episode two. What is this one called? This one's called <laughs> Spring Awakening, the sequel. The reawakening. Reawakening our spring. This part two, the remix. Part two the remix. The sequel. Yeah. We just couldn't help ourselves but have another <laughs> week of talking about Spring Awakening. We just have so many thoughts, and the doc did just drop a few days ago, so we must be discussing. Yeah, we just, we have to give our thoughts or else we'll explode. So, um, we will be talking about Spring Awakening today. First, we're going to introduce a new little segment today. Yes, we are. Called... What are we fiending for this week? Yeah, so we're going to give you some... A little inside look <laughs> <laughs> on our our current fiends, our current drama. Exactly. Fiends. So, Fiona, what are you fiending over this week? So, this week, um, I'm actually fiending over Wicked. I won the lottery on Queen. Thursday, so... Went to see Wicked and it was, um, it was amazing as always, always <laughs> stroke. That kind of sounds like an Oz word. It does sound like an Oz word. Best show on Broadway. There, I said it. Honestly, I think I agree. I saw Wicked also recently. Yes, you saw it like two weeks ago. Yeah, and like I just couldn't stop crying. It's so emotional. It's so beautiful so exciting and moving and perfect it really and is. that's how i feel about wicked that's a good one to be fiending over and i think one that will come up again on this podcast definitely i i feel like we're gonna have to discuss it at some point but definitely. yeah so i hadn't seen it since i was i think nine years old and it it hit yeah <laughs> <laughs> more than i can possibly describe yeah and yeah so what are you fiending for this week this week not exclusive to this week, but <laughs> always, <laughs> always, I have to say I've been fiending for Reddit. <laughs> and I just want, I just wanted to break the stigma that you can't be a gorgeous girl and be a Redditor at the same time. Juliana's coming out as a Redditor. Yeah. Every week publicly, I'm like coming out as something, something embarrassing. <laughs> um, First a Gleek, now a Redditor. Yeah. Maybe even a, maybe even a Gleek Redditor. <laughs> I will not confirm or deny um, if I have been on the Glee Reddit. But I just, like, you can gain so much knowledge from Reddit. I think if you, I think don't knock it till you try it, Okay. No, I think that's fair. A lot of you out there would be hooked on Reddit too if you just went on it a little bit. And I must admit, I've I've dabbled in Reddit a bit. You have a little bit. What do you get? Should we make a Reddit for this pod? <laughs> a subreddit? Should we make a subreddit? Let us know who would who would who would dis- be who would discuss and who, would, who our... would join our subreddit. Let us know. <laughs> okay. So that's what we've been fiending over this week. And oh, honestly, both of those are things that we just have fiended over. Yeah. Not before this week and we'll continue to fiend over after probably. Yeah. All right. So, so should we well, get into- one thing that we both have been fiending over this week collectively is the Spring Awakening documentary. Yes. That dropped on Tuesday night. And yes. we did stream it together. We wore our matching um, Spring Awakening reunion shirts. We did. We were going to make themed beverages, but we didn't do that. No, we we flopped on that. We did flop, but honestly, it was a Tuesday night, so it was yeah, probably so for it was, the best. It was, good. <laughs> it was fine. But if we were going to make a themed cocktail, what were yes. you going to make? I wanted to make a purple summer inspired beverage. I wanted it to be purple. Because okay. remember, I, yes. I texted you and yes. I asked if you had um, grenadine and, and blue curacao. <laughs> yeah, which I did not have. No, but so. that would have been. Definitely good. Yeah, a little purple. I was going to make something with elderflower. That would have been really good. Just because it reminds me of the like flowers that, that Ilsa holds. <laughs> holds. Yeah. So after listening and reviewing our first podcast episode, we realized we didn't even um, explain what Spring Awakening is about. We just we assumed everybody knew, which is silly of us because... It is silly of us. Well, it's silly of you it- <laughs> for not 
watching Spring Awakening. But it is what it is, and we will give a little bit of yeah. a like, synopsis. Why haven't you guys watched that nine-part bootleg yet? Get on it. I know. It's been out there since how long? 2007, yeah, at least. Like, <laughs> That's on, on you. But anyway, we will give a little bit of a synopsis for those at home who haven't seen it. Yeah. So would you like to take it away? I'll start, with but a I'm little... not making any promises that I can follow the story. Um, no, I'm kidding. Um, am I? I don't know. So Spring Awakening is based off of a, a play written in the 1890s, a German play, mm-hmm. that's basically about these young 14-year-old kids who are you know, in school. Rep- they're repressed by the adults in their society. They're not taught anything about... Um, really anything about the world especially about like their changing bodies Mm -hmm. and sex and stuff like this how babies are made how babies are made all of that they don't know anything and it really just like tells the story of this one one of the boys Melchior who has read a lot of books yeah I don't know where he got them I don't know I guess (laughs) the library he went to the library (laughs) he went on Libby Melchior went on the he Libby went on app, his Libby app and, and he <laughs> discovered a lot about sex mm-hmm. and other things. And then he has a friend named Moritz. Moritz is he's like a little nervous boy. He doesn't do very well in school, um, and he doesn't know anything about sex. And he's I think we touched on this last time. He's having dreams. His body is changing. And um, Melchior gives him this essay, which explains basically probably like puberty and sex and all of this. Yeah. All this good stuff. Isn't it called The Art of Sleeping With? Yes. <laughs> the essay. By Melchior Gabor. By Mel- I would like to read it. I would- Same. I would read it. Yeah. Should we start a book club me. for <laughs> yeah. The Art of Sleeping With by Melchior Gabor? Probably. I think it would be good. <clears throat> yeah. So that's more it's... Um, and then there's Benla, mm-hmm. who she's an innocent, sweet girl. She doesn't know where babies come from. Her sister is having another baby, and she says to her mom, where do babies come from? And the mom's like, from the storks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And but she's not buying it. No, she's not buying she's it. She's not buying it. And then her and Melchior become intertwined. Yes, they meet. And um, Venla has l- some little friends, um, Taya, Anna. That's it, right? <laughs> Marta. Oh, Marta. I forgot about Marta. And then Ilsa is there. Okay, we're like... <laughs> Our plot is going everywhere, but they have friends. <laughs> it's really early in the morning. It is. It's like... It's not that early It's anymore. not. It's actually like nine Should in the morning. We have no excuse. No. Um, when I think about Spring Awakening, you know when you recall a memory and every time you remember it, something changes? <laughs> yeah. That's us trying to tell this story. Yeah, it really is. Especially after the documentary where we like learned new things. We learned so many new things, which we're going to touch upon. Yeah. Okay. okay. Let's Basically, get, let's so, like bang it out. So also, just go on Wikipedia if, no. if that confused you. Just pause here and go on Wikipedia. Really quick, I feel like... So Marta's getting beaten by her dad. There's a song about that. <laughs> Thank you. And it's so good. <laughs> They're all... All the songs are good. Um, okay, and uh, I hope that cleared everything up for you guys. <laughs> no, we have to... We have to finish. So Melchior and Venla, they they have sex. Yeah. And... But, like, Venla doesn't know what it is. She ends up getting pregnant yes and she gets a back alley abortion and dies yeah in the words of leah michelle she gets a sketchy abortion abortion. (laughs) moritz um he like fails out of school he wants to go to america and um but then he can't get the money to yeah he can't get the money to go he asks melchior's mom yeah and he's like feeling really lost he meets up with ilsa and um she tries who has kind of been like estranged from their society and um she because tries she was also being abused yeah so she, she was also up, being like, abused running away and yeah. is kind of this like outside force of she lives she's in show. an artist con yeah some sort right Did yeah I make that up yeah she, no so. she is yeah make that up. and she tries to kind of like you know take Moritz under her wing and say it's it's not all that bad come on mm-hmm. but 
he commits suicide. And then then Melchior is all alone in the end. <laughs> yeah. But somehow on I go. He yes. Says. He does say that. And it's beautiful and tragic and tragically beautiful. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and beautifully tragic. Exactly. That's from Wicked. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. So the Moving documentary on. that just came out is about it. It's. It tells the story of the cast reuniting 15 years later for this reunion concert, which we talked about a lot last time, mm-hmm. but also did not explain. <laughs> which think. we which we went to. If you didn't get it from our last podcast, yeah. we were there. Did you know? Did you know we yeah. went to the Spring Awakening 15? Only, spring Awakening sold out. 15 year, year reunion? Reunion concert. <clears throat> um, so the cast reunited 15 years later. Mm-hmm. The documentary shows them rehearsing, and it shows them in the reunion concert, but it also tells a story of the how the show went to broadway Mm -hmm. how um, it came to be how it came to be the journey of the show and then also like the journey of the cast yeah the relationship the relationship between the cast Mm -hmm. how they um how the show affected them and how it affected audiences Mm -hmm. and still does to this day and i i think those are like the main yeah plots of the you really summarized that well. It was much better than our spring awakening summary. <laughs> well, it was a little bit easier to summarize <laughs> because some of the spring awakening plot. So we watched the documentary on Tuesday night yes. and we had a lot of thoughts like immediately. So, so many thoughts. We'll, we'll start with just some general thoughts about mm-hmm. it and then we'll break it down into the different parts and give more, give some analysis. Yeah. Our own little thanks. Our own thanks. If you will. <laughs> so, yeah. So... I just want to start off with one general thought, which is that on HBO, like on the channel, which is where we were watching it, we weren't watching it on HBO Max, yes. it w- it, the clock struck 9 p.m. and we thought it was going to start, but no. Oh, no. There was a jump scare. There was a jump scare. Of There should have been a trigger warning. Yeah, there was, the, we had to see the Dear Evan Hansen trailer. So like, that, also, why? That movie came out so long ago yeah. at this point. So anyway, that there was a bit of a Dear Evan Hansen jump scare. There before. was. I, like, I don't know why they decided to warm warm us up with that. No, it wasn't necessary. <laughs> it wasn't so, the vibes. Anyway, <laughs> right off the bat. Right off the bat, was, feeling strange. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was really great. <laughs> yeah. I, I think overall we really We enjoyed it, but it. of yeah. course we enjoyed it. We were going to enjoy it. Like either you know, no matter what, they <laughs> no matter what screen, they put on our screen, we were gonna like it because yeah. it was the spring awakening documentary. Um, what I thought was really interesting, which I think we'll probably dive a little deeper into it um, later in this episode, is that it really centered around Jonathan, Jonathan mm-hmm. Groff. Which no complaints, we love Jonathan Groff, yeah. as you guys know, as already. you know. But it was giving executive producer Jonathan Groff when it showed in the beginning, like. <laughs> It was like they were talking about the success that the cast has had. First was Pitch Perfect. They showed a which I thought a that was tiny strange clip of Pitch to be Perfect. First. Then they showed like a slightly longer clip blurry of, blurry clip blurry of clip of Glee. Glee and it was just the Yeah, and it was still it was also was like another like something. blink and you miss it moment. Yeah. And then it's like Jonathan Groff star of yeah, a compilation. Yeah. And like it was just funny. Like I love Jonathan, but love. Like, the fact that they, like, glossed over... Like, they said ugly. They did. They really did. They said ugly. Like Ryan Murphy. They did. And then they said, Jonathan Groff, star of Mindhunter Hamilton, Frozen. Frozen. And now, star of The Matrix. Yeah, they brought The Matrix into it. Okay, we watched The we Matrix. We streamed the last we Matrix, the Matrix movie. We don't Jonathan know what happened. Not the star. He was not the star. I um, wish he was the star. I would have paid. I would have paid attention a lot more. Yeah, I don't know if we would have liked the movie, but we, <laughs> we would have paid, paid attention. attention. I'm sorry if you're a Matrix fan. I just don't think it's my cup of tea. <laughs> we also didn't see the first three we, movies. Yeah, we haven't seen any other ones. We just watched <laughs> the one with this Jonathan, one for Jonathan in it. and we were just waiting for. We him were to, confused. I was waiting. It was for him so to confusing. City, honestly, same. Neil Patrick Harris was in it too. That was so weird. <laughs> yeah. They said Broadway's greatest hits. Yeah. In the Matrix. Yeah, they did. <laughs> so anyway. It really it was like the Jonathan show. You know, it told it told a lot of um like his coming out story and his own personal experience um when he was, you know, with doing Spring Awakening. Yeah. And I 
thought that was interesting it to really focus yeah. on him out of everyone in the cast yeah i mean i guess it, he's the most successful at this point i guess but also like i think it just served as like a kind of like emotional center for the documentary because mm-hmm. um a big part of what they were saying was how this show can change the lives of young people yes. And I think they were kind of using Jonathan's story as Mm. the example of that and which worked. It really did. did. No, it really didn't. Um, And it was a very moving story. And like to hear how he basically explained that while he was doing the show, he wasn't out of the closet yet. Mm -hmm. And he was kind of using the show to like express these feelings that he had inside. And through playing Melchior, he developed like this inner strength. Mm -hmm. And then he said it. He became like really confident like through the Mm -hmm. character of melchior um and then after the show was over he said like he had all this strength that now he didn't have the outlet of like using Mm -hmm. melchior um as an outlet for that that he like had to channel it into his own personal life and Mm -hmm. that's what gave him the strength to come out Mm -hmm. so it's like it was using that story as an example of how the show can change the lives of young people who like are in it or who yeah. listen to it and um and they even gave some examples of um different you know teenagers at the time that would come to the stage door um like writing notes especially to um lauren and lily cooper um like say you know they have how they had gone through similar experiences mm-hmm. as marta and ilsa so they showed a cast member where this, you know, the show itself had really changed their lives and how it changed the lives of fans too. Mm-hmm. And I, I liked that it focused on Jonathan. Like I liked that story, but I also think it should have been maybe like twenty minutes longer so they could have included some more stuff. Yeah, like there were I a agree. lot of songs that were cut. Yeah, we were a little upset about that. Honestly, they cut out some like really important, I think important yeah. songs in the show, like whispering. Yeah. Word of your body reprise. Word of your, or did they sing word of your body yeah, regular? They, yeah, they did. <laughs> they said that was when they were like rehearsing. They oh yes, they did show that. Okay. Um. Yeah. Word of your body reprise wasn't in it. Guilty ones wasn't in it. Mm-mm. Even like um, all that's known wasn't in yeah. it. Right. And mirror blue night. No. So they they cut like some some heavy songs. hitters. Like I mean, I I figured they weren't going to show that like too many scenes yeah but i i don't know i, I wish even they, like a like a little clip you know it didn't have to be the whole yeah. song yeah they they didn't show any singing of those songs yeah which i thought was really interesting but also um i think they could have included like a little bit more of like we didn't really hear from some other cat like yeah we, like skylar Aston. Aston was mia he really was like, he had that little interview yeah. at the irish pub which was kind of surprising because he's one of the most famous yeah he's members, really definitely. successful definitely so i i they yeah skylar was a little mia i guess like he didn't have a huge role in the show but yeah but I like mean, he's definitely memorable uh, yeah and he's and like, touch famous. me is such a yeah such a killer song but yeah johnny b nowhere to be found yeah <laughs> nowhere to be found he i don't think he said one thing even. I, I think he said i think it was at that irish Pub. yeah maybe he had the like, interview one i think even he like, had, like a little rodriguez s- who's also famous but yeah. i mean i know she didn't have a big role in the yeah. show but we didn't really hear you from didn't them. hear from them yeah like krista rodriguez and jen damiano i don't know a lot of them yeah like we didn't hear from you really just heard we- from jonathan and and leah and lauren and i mean john gallagher jr yeah but not Johnny even G. as much as not not as much as you would think so and i think like that's probably because they focus so much on jonathan's like yes and his story. story that like that was really kind of the focus but i think if it had been like a little bit longer they could have <clears throat> added it, in those other things if it had been a series <laughs> <laughs> yeah we needed a we needed a series we did okay another thing that happened in the beginning of the doc <laughs> that gagged us actually shook us to our core <laughs> shook us to our core. that we replayed it so many times so many times I'm actually maybe even a hundred times i'm not kidding i think i've streamed <laughs> that probably <laughs> so in the beginning of the the doc you see jonathan groff and leah michelle like in their respective apartments first of all really quick the contrast of jonathan and leah's apartments so is funny. so crazy jonathan literally looks like he's living in like a college 
rundown little apartment. Why was, like, the, like, molding was, like, falling apart? Yeah, it was like, so bizarre. <laughs> he had, like, like which I kind of appreciate, like a, like, a grounded, um, no, down-to-earth living place. <laughs> But and Leah didn't have a hers is spotless. Didn't have a single like personal item. You're like, does that girl have any belongings? Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. know. Like, her house was like spotless. She had a washer like, dryer, and that is did. all I saw. That's all I saw. <laughs> but moving on, moving on. So Miss Leah Michelle's warming, warming up. up. Yes. First of all, I just have to say, like, the cut is so funny from Jonathan. He's like, I haven't really rehearsed yet. And then it cuts right to and Leah's Leah, like, like doing scales, yeah, like <laughs> like singing in her apartment. And then this was like, what comes next? Nobody could have predicted. Nobody could have prepared us for this. No, like, I think we both screamed when no, we literally what was going on. Leah's warming up, and she just casually whips out. <laughs> she just casually drops a little ditty. What did she sing, Fiona? She sang the riff at the end of Defying Gravity. <laughs> okay. Like, we're not going to try. You know what we're talking about. We're not going to do not, it. I'm not doing it. Absolutely not, because it will not sound the way that it, Ms. Lee Michelle I, made it I sound. Should I it on the microphone right now? Actually, maybe. Okay. It's. <laughs> Hang on. Let me just play this. Yeah, I, we have it. Yeah, we, we have, have it. it. It's on our TikTok. Available. It's on our TikTok. Go give us a like and a, and a follow. Go stream it on our TikTok. I'm playing it into the microphone right now. This might be really loud. <laughs> I haven't performed in such a long time. We're saying we're active and forever. And your vocal cords are a muscle. Queen. That actually sounded so good. Okay, like she ate that. She actually did. <laughs> But, w- but I, like, where did it come when from? I tell you, we screamed, and I have to say, like the scream I had scrummed. Yeah, <laughs> this, like we we were gagged, like we were truly gagged it in was, that moment. Because, like, that's the most Leah Michelle thing I've ever seen. It's the most Leah Michelle thing. It's the most Rachel Berry thing. Yeah, it's like ever. One thing about Leah Michelle, she's gonna be Leah Michelle. <laughs> she's gonna be herself. <laughs> and that was like, and she did. That was just everything does so funny like honestly, it was so funny hi I, best part of the pod set the bar so high <laughs> it did. for the rest of that documentary it really like, did. and the rest of my life like will anything live up to the moment another thing that we noticed from the doc is that michael mayer was on his absolute worst behavior he, he was. was saying some weird things he was his energy was so strange I liked when he was talking about how they weren't, how they weren't sure if they should do the, like the sex scene, like that explicit sex mm-hmm. scene, and he was just like, "I was planning on moving to LA anyway, so I didn't give up." <laughs> and then he was like mad that he had to stay in New York when Spring Awakening was successful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's like, as we got good reviews, I was like, "Ugh, he's like, I, I have need to, to stay do more here. of these. Or yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have to do more of these." So, but he was funny. He was, no, he was really he was funny. Really giving some good insights. It was fun. Yeah. I liked that he was on his worst behavior. Sam, we always, we like that. We like that. We support bad behavior. <laughs> okay, should we talk about some of our favorite parts of the documentary now? Like specific yeah. moments? Definitely. One of my favorite moments, and I think one of Juliana's favorite moments, was. When Johnny G, John Gallagher Jr., was leaving Spring Awakening, him, Leah, and Jonathan all decided that they were going to sneak in. Well, not sneak in. They're already there, but overstay their welcome mm-hmm. <laughs> at the theater and sleep over and have a little slumber party in the theater overnight. And it was just so cute and endearing. Um to hear them tell that story about how they were hiding under a desk uh, for like the last security guard to leave and all the power went off and they said they had alcohol and it had all these pictures of them all the little disposable Mm -hmm. um, camera pictures of them in the theater I don't know it really was so cute I wish I was there I think (laughs) like that is like my dream no literally I can't think of a, a better night 
it like it reminds me of like when I used to go to theater camp and we would have like the day of our show we would go early and then we would stay there all day like until the show ended but mm-hmm. like we would go it would be like pajama day so we would, and we would like have nap time and stuff and obviously it's not the same thing even though theater <laughs> kids at theater camp think they're on Broadway they think it's the same thing they it's think not. it's the same thing it's not but it's like honestly I feel like a similar feeling <laughs> like but like I don't know like there's just something about like being young and doing theater and like I just feel like that would be the most like exciting experience I know it sounds so and so cute have you ever seen I'm you've probably seen this we've probably watched this together <laughs> when Jonathan like just is on like Seth Rudetsky's show and he like describes this and Seth Rudetsky is like talking about how he helped them when they did this sleepover oh um, now that you said it I I do recall but it's really funny the way he talks about it and he he says he helped them do it and he Seth Rudetsky because mm-hmm. he was like at the show and he <laughs> brought he like brought down Jonathan like the key to Jonathan's mm-hmm. dressing room where they were hiding and um gave it to like whoever takes the keys and the woman was like oh like Jonathan left like I didn't even see him leave and Seth is like yeah weren't you doing your job like, oh my <laughs> god he said he had to like be a menace to help them but I think that is so cute like it I was just, so cute and I loved the like behind the scenes pictures the pictures that was actually so good my that- as a whole, my favorite part of the documentary was all the never before seen, like personal photo yes. album pictures of the cast. There were so many. It was really there were so cute many to see, and it like was I don't know. It just like it was me, so cute. It made me want to be in a Broadway show. Same. <laughs> I'm like somebody but, cast us, please. We're yeah, begging you. Cast us in a Broadway show. We don't even want to audition. Like a just cast, cast us. like a young cast. Like cast us in Spring Awakening in 2006. Yeah, like, please get a time machine and cast us. Um, another, like, kind of similar to that because Mm -hmm. they showed so much, like, footage from the cast, like, archival footage, (laughs) but when they went to Jonathan's family farm, that's so... I know we just said the other story was the (laughs) dream, but this, this is a dream. Mm -hmm. They all took a bus, like a a school bus. (laughs) Why did they not address, like, where that school bus came from? I don't know. They just said, we're on a bus. Yeah, they said, they actually said... (laughs) Jonathan Groff's mother drove them on that bus. Like, <laughs> get weird. The bus. Did, do they own that school bus? They might. They also owned that strange, like, jalopy car. Yeah. So maybe they did own that school bus. They they didn't address that. Yeah. They were just like, Jonathan Groff's mother drove us in a school bus to his farm in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And they all slept in tents. Mm-hmm. And Leah was telling the story about how she just doesn't like tents, which I mean, are you shocked? Leah like, was yeah, I really so, cannot see Leah, Leah Michelle was sleeping so in a tent. so funny when they're all like, ah. Oh, we were camping and it was so fun and she's just like that was the worst time of my life it's <laughs> like i'd slip on a floor that was so silly of her. and she said she opened the tent at night and uh-huh. jonathan uh-huh and, and johnny g mm-hmm. were butt naked yeah so good for them but she said she closed her eyes i think yeah. she didn't see anything that was that was really i think that would be like actually like it looked like heaven, honestly. Mm-hmm. They had so many like mm-hmm. home videos mm-hmm. of them jumping in a pool, just running amok out here in Lancaster. Yeah. <laughs> in the Amish country. Those those were definitely like highlights. Those definitely. Parts, those two it just gave gives you like an, an inside view of their personal lives at the time, you know? Yeah, which I think was it was the documentary was so good of like telling the story of how the show was like mm-hmm. made and how it was produced and like how you know the impact it had and all of that but I think like the I I thought the most like enjoyable parts to watch were like seeing the cast like interpersonal I agree relationships even seeing them hanging out in that bar like even Mm -hmm. though they were like being interviewed for the documentary like it was just a different vibe and it was like I I wish there was actually more of them like when they were sitting around that table at the bar yeah um just chit chat yeah like I actually wish there was like more of that like clips from that in the doc I agree Okay, so we also, like, they talked a lot about the content of the show itself. Um, Like, so there were some things that I feel like we learned. Yeah, we learned a lot about the show. Yeah, where it, how it came to be. And right off the bat, like, five minutes into the documentary, Steven Sater basically shares that uh, the Columbine shooting, like, inspired him in a way to create Spring Awakening, mm-hmm. which we never knew that. 
Yeah, right? I don't, we I don't never. think we knew that. No. And it was, I think that was an interesting um, perspective, like, on it, because mm-hmm. it kind of, like, I don't know, it makes sense, kind of, that, like, he, I, I liked what he said about, like, making a show for, like, America's youth, youth and, like, yeah. taking them serious, like, their pain seriously. Yes. And, like, I, I liked that. Me Something too. else kind of, like, related to that about, like, in terms of the content of the show, of, like, the way that Steven Sater described it, who, mm-hmm. like, Steven Sater was... We love Steven. We, we love him. He liked our TikTok. He did. He liked our TikTok. <laughs> about him. Uh, <laughs> but I liked when he said um, that no matter how old you are, you watch Spring Awakening from the perspective of the kids. Mm-hmm. So, like, even if you are a parent, you still are, like, seeing it and feeling mm-hmm. it through, like, the kids' eyes. So that then when you, like, when the adults do come into the picture and it, like, really makes you reflect, especially as yeah, an adult, and like, it makes you really reflect. If you're a parent, like, yeah. you don't want to be them. Yeah, exactly. So I thought that was, like, a, an, a good way to describe the show. So Mr. Steven also shared the meaning of purple summer at least to him Mm -hmm. and he used a bruise as an analogy which i really like because the bruise comes up a few times in spring awakening Mm -hmm. in word of your body oh you're going you're gonna be my bruise and he said what did he say exactly well he said like that the purple Mm mm-hmm it's like the color of the bruise so it's like moving like like continuing on after you've been wounded Mm -hmm. and i honestly like something i love about spring awakening is how like the songs really build on each other like yes especially um okay this is how i would explain (laughs) the songs in spring awakening Mm -hmm. it's like when um okay i'm gonna explain this even though i don't know shit about music theory um, but I'm going to kind of come back. There's no shite about shite. <laughs> I, I think it, it feels like when you're like singing um, like a harmony, <laughs> like overall, like the the show, it feels like when you're singing a harmony, it like builds and builds and builds. And like the the final build is like those you've known. And mm-hmm. then the song of Purple Summer is like when the harmony resolves. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking yes, about? Yes. No, I do. I don't feel like I explained that well in terms of music theory, but I think you know what I'm talking about. No, I do. Because... It's like all the songs, like it's kind of like, like a storm. Yeah, and then there's a rainbow at the end. Yeah, no, and definitely. That's what Purple Summer kind of is. And I love, like, first of all, I love the lyrics and those you've known, like how they draw. I think some people don't like this because they think it like they just use the same three songs the whole show. But like, uh, but I also don't think that's true. It's at not all. true. It's not true. But people say that. Well, they should stop saying that. They should stop saying that. <laughs> Um, they but, use like three, like literally three songs, I think repeat and that's it. Yeah. Two songs. So I just feel like those you've known, like it calls back to a lot of stuff from the show. So yes. like it calls back to all that's known and mm-hmm. call, obviously it calls back to like, I believe, um, yes. So many of the lines like reference of even other parts of other the show parts of the show. Mm-hmm. And like it, hang on, how am I going to explain this? What I like about Purple Summer is that it does kind of represent this thing of, like, you're taking with you um, all the pain that you have. Mm-hmm. But purple is the color of the bruise, but it's also, like, like the color of, like, a sunrise. Yeah. Like, it's also, like, a sim- like, to me, purple also represents, like, that summer is going to come again. Mm-hmm. And, like... I think that's so much of the metaphor of the show is like winter versus summer. And like, I'm saying like so much winter (laughs) versus summer. And in don't do sadness, blue wind, Elsa is like spring and summer, like every other day. She's saying like, you know, spring is going to come back. You're just in, in winter now, but like spring and summer is going to come back. You're in a bad season and, but things will get better. And yeah. And what I love is that, um, that line, the stars too, they tell of spring returning that we referenced our, last time, which is at line. the end of those you've known, mm-hmm. is like, no matter what you do, like, it's in the stars that spring is going to come back. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, no matter how horrible, like, you feel right now, like, it's inevitable that the spring is going to return. Yeah. And I think that 
leading into purple summer which mm-hmm. is like yeah we've been wounded but also like summer's coming back and like the sun is rising yeah. <laughs> and like i think that's so so beautiful mm-hmm. and like to have melchior come to that realization through his friends who mm-hmm. have both died yeah. and like been victims of yeah. this horrible system but now he's gonna like take he's gonna take take that, that and, and he's gonna move forward with yeah it. and i think that's really that is that was so beautiful juliana <laughs> like i honestly could cry right now I was you did such crying. a great job at explaining that like that was so Thank well you. said Thank could you. not have said it better myself <laughs> honestly i would have probably stuttered a thousand times I, i've been thinking about that <laughs> no that was beautiful okay also i'm like talking so much right now i'm sorry but no one, you're good one other thing i wanted to say about those you've known like i feel like those you've known and, and purple summer really go together they go hand as like hand. the ending yeah. of the show but definitely i love so much that melchior his journey goes from all that's known mm-hmm. to those you've known because it really like shows this journey he was on that in the beginning he was like i know everything mm-hmm. like i know everything from books and that's what's important but by yes. the end he realizes like it's really these experiences yes, and the relationships that you make and the yeah. people that you meet. And that's really what he learns yeah. and like what makes him realize like, because even when he feels like he knows everything, he's like, he's not like happy. No. But then, and it's not that he's happy at the end, but it's like no. that he knows that there's more. Yeah. That was very well said. That was my manifesto on Purple Summer. That was beautiful. <laughs> and I, I think you really nailed it. Thank you. I love Purple Summer. Yeah. And I feel like when I was younger, I really, that song wasn't one of my favorites at all, by any means, I don't think. But, like, as I grew older, um, that really became one of my favorite songs in the show. It's, I think it's my second favorite song in the show, I think. Really? Yeah. I think it goes Those You've Known and then Purple Summer. I love Purple Summer, too. Like, it's it's so hopeful like it's a song of hope yeah i i don't know and i i love just in general the like imagery of it yeah like the fact that you can really even like when he says like um like the the part about um like i love the part where the three of them are overlapping and it like that's where it really calls back to a lot of other songs Mm -hmm. and like um even like venless singing i believe like that like as yep. this like call back to obviously the the I scene believe, where they had yeah. sex and like i don't know i also like um okay i don't have to keep doing this <laughs> no <laughs> say it i'm like curious no i was gonna say like i like when melchior says night's falling but somehow on i go it's like yeah. this it's just like those metaphors of like i don't know it's like like the world goes through phases of like darkness and light just like people Mm -hmm. and it's like but somehow on i go and i don't know it's like it just really like works for me as a metaphor and i even feel like old like like you were saying about purple summer like Mm -hmm. similarly i feel like that line of i always liked the line the stars do they tell spring returning but Mm -hmm. i feel like i only recently like really yeah resonated with it so much and 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 the the lead the lead in from that into purple summer mm-hmm. as like the coda of the show like mm-hmm. really i don't know because summer does come back and like thank god yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i wanted to say one other thing about those you've known which i have i was planning on talking about it today before i saw this tweet about it but i also did see people talking about it on Twitter again. If you were on Tumblr. Oh, is this the on, on my own? Yes, I remember this. If you were on Broadway Tumblr in... Back in the day. Back in the day, like in 2012. 2012. Everything is, goes back to 2012. We're always like, back in the day. Back in back, 2012. Back in 2012. Back in the good old days. Like the good, for real. There And we'll post this maybe on our Instagram or something, but... We should. There was this... It's resurfacing. It's I've, resurfacing. I'm seeing this everywhere I now. I saw it on Twitter, yeah. Um, there was this like side-by-side comparison mm-hmm. of the lyrics of those you've known from spring awakening and on my own from lame is <laughs> and it basically so i've learned since then that i think this is like a songwriting technique mm-hmm. so i don't want to sound stupid and just be like oh my god it's a parallel and like, i've never written a song so i don't know you've never what written a song no i, I wouldn't know <laughs> <laughs> um, i don't have that level of talent <laughs> but basically 
we're talented not that talented yeah we're very talented <laughs> though if you are a broadway um casting director just so you know um anyway so it's like this side-by-side comparison of like the parallels between those songs and how the syllables line up and mm-hmm. the like phrasing and even some of the exact lyrics it's color-coded it's color-coded and yellow means same words blue means rhyme yes <laughs> not that exactly. you could see it you can't see if you want to google it you'll find it. it or look on our instagram i'm yeah, we'll post it, it. <laughs> um, and it's like i think it's not this huge conspiracy because i do think it's like a songwriting technique mm. i don't know but but you so in theory like you could sing the lyrics of either of these songs to the tune of the other one yeah and it will sync up and it will sync up perfectly and like if you think about it if we sing it right now <laughs> i don't know if i can sing right now i'm not singing right now i'm nervous <laughs> that a broadway, i don't want a bro- the broadway casting directors listening to catch yeah, me at, at a, a wrong moment no we cannot risk it we need a big break desperately yeah <laughs> But it's just interesting. It's just very cool. It is cool. It's like something that if you were on Tumblr in 2012 and you were, you'd be, you'd be losing your mind. You'd be basically, yeah. Which we were. So. Yeah, our minds were blown when this dropped. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. This like shook when the this earth. When, when this word document dropped. <laughs> when this when this word document dropped, we were shook. We were gagged. We were gagged. We were absolutely gagged. It always is so interesting to me to see how shows come together and the the journey to Broadway because mm-hmm. it's so much more difficult than it I is. ever realize. Especially when the show is something that is not like a guaranteed commercial success, you know? Yeah, and I think it's hard for us to imagine that Spring Awakening wasn't successful at first because we like learned about it Mm -hmm. when it was huge Mm -hmm. like when it was already its run was over and it you know every community theater out here is doing spring awakening Mm -hmm. and like every teen is obsessed um but it wasn't it wasn't an easy road to broadway like by any means which is so interesting yeah it was interesting to me how even when they, because I knew that they had worked on the show for like yeah. seven years. Yes. And it, well, because Leah was things. literally 14 yeah. when she started doing it. And like, I've heard the workshop um, recordings yes. from when she was like 14 with Gavin Creel, <laughs> yep. who was the first Melky in workshop. And he was 10 years older than her. <laughs> yeah. And like, you can find those on YouTube. Yeah. Um, with like original songs, you can do a deep dive. Um. But it's, in, I don't know, it was interesting to me that it really took the Tonys, which I don't think I realized. I did not realize that. It took the Tonys for them to be a success. And once they had won so many Tonys, it was like an overnight change for them. And I I, I liked how when they first moved to the theater on Broadway, um, I forgot who it was. It might have been Michael Mayer, I think one so. of them. I think, I think so. Who, who said that. You're going to see a lot of purple out yeah. there because the seats were purple velvet yeah. um, because they weren't filled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, which is crazy. And even like I thought it was interesting to hear how they went from off Broadway to mm-hmm. Broadway and the transition of like this small theater mm-hmm. where because OK, Fiona and I go into theaters and stuff all the time and we're always like, this would be a good place to do For Spring, Spring Awakening. Awakening. <laughs> <laughs> we always say that about theaters that are like small, small and intimate. Yes. Um. And Broadway's not that. No, so it's, it's like very grand. Yeah, it was interesting to see how they did kind of, and they talked about recreating this Atlantic mm-hmm. theater space like on Broadway. Mm-hmm. And I think that they did a good job with that because I think what what was really interesting about Spring Awakening was like having the, audi- the, the audience the seats on stage. on stage. Yes, definitely like added to that like intimacy. Definitely, it, which, they needed that. Yeah, which mm-hmm. I I don't know another show that did that before Spring no. Awakening. I'm I'm sure it's. Been sure done it's before. Been done. I don't know. Was Spring Weekend the first show to ever do that? Maybe not. Probably. But not. I think it was a very good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love when they were talking about the performance that they did. Was it Lincoln Center? Is that what it was? Mm-hmm. 
where they were like trying it out yeah. i guess for producers and everything and how it wasn't going well mm-hmm. until lily cooper sang um dark i know well okay. right wait i have to say i think that was misleading because i don't think lily cooper was in that i was so confused by that as well i really don't because she was so little i don't think she was I think then why did they say that they were there were some things in this documentary that were kind of misleading in my opinion like I feel like they didn't really explain that Leah was only because they kept saying she was 14, but she was only 14 in the first workshop. I feel yeah. like they weren't clear about that. I feel like we knew what they were talking yeah. about, but like they were acting like she was 14 when they were doing that full out sex scene. Yeah, but that wasn't the case. But that, they didn't do that yeah. when she was 14. No. I saw people on Reddit that they were like, <laughs> how was Leah doing that when she was 14? Isn't that child porn? And I'm she just wasn't. She, they didn't <laughs> do that until yeah. they were off Broadway. Yeah. And she was eight, like at least 18. Yeah, no, I think she was 19 almost. Yeah, she was definitely of age to be doing that. Wait, I was going to look up Sarah Lincoln and Lincoln Center cast. I thought, I always thought. Because she at was Lincoln, so. Jonathan Groff wasn't even in it. No. It was, I think it was only Leah and John Gallagher and maybe Skylar Aston, I feel like, but I don't. It definitely, I don't, I definitely I, don't think Because, really well, I think that she would have been like 12 yeah (laughs) but they they straight up though look guess where i found this reddit (laughs) (laughs) shout out to reddit but they but in the documentary they straight up were like it wasn't good until lily cooper saying it actually found it dark i know well see full list marta not lily cooper then they but they did say that though they made it seem like it was i don't think they they just said this 15 year old girl starts singing and they literally showed, and then they her. showed lily cooper but it, it wasn't her it was molly callens that's really the crazy. only actual original cast members who were in it leah leah john gallagher and skylar yeah but wait who does scott skylar play georg he played otto in this one really yeah that's a smaller part <laughs> all right that's what i thought we literally discussed it when it was on the screen how that wasn't her in general like i thought there was going to be more footage from the reunion a lot of it was from uh the broadway show like yeah so there was no footage of mama who bore me from the reunion i know i was sad about that like they didn't show anything from because it was so good but then there was like those you've known which i think they only showed from the reunion they didn't show original clips the best i think the best um song in the documentary was bitch of living so good because they showed both the reunion and the broadway version the way that they cut it at the best part and i literally yeah. called it i said that they were gonna do that and then it cut and i was like oh my god the way that they cut back and forth too from that like and the end of it so they did that mm-hmm. amazing transition yeah the transitions were fire so during good. that and then they they kept like tw- i feel like they kept cutting back between like the reunion the original performance mm-hmm. and then rehearsal for yes, the reunion. and it i was loved so it. They good were going back and forth but that was that. the only song I feel like that they that they did really that did for. that, yeah, they, and it was so effective. And I wish they did that for every song. I wish they did more of that too. So like that would have been because it just shows you the like the contrast between yeah. them being young, yeah, and older. I did the like. Versions. Um, I feel like what they did with like the I believe scene, mm. they they didn't do the same kind of cutting, but they did show that mm-hmm. both in the reunion and in the original and which the I rehearsal was good. and the rehearsal for that, which was really like that was really i thought seeing them rehearsing for the reunion in that scene was really cool to see like the way that so cool. they were working with michael mayer and the it way seemed like something we weren't supposed to be watching yeah definitely like it seems like i felt like we were like peeking through a little window yeah, for sure. watching this very intimate moment yeah um yeah that scene was really great yeah should that be a lead into talking about the other kind of storyline of the doc which yeah definitely jonathan and also jonathan and his friendship with leah yeah Definitely. We have terrible notes about this. <laughs> <laughs> There's one bullet point that actually says coochie. And that's <laughs> it. <laughs> so it really focused on their friendship. And they've I've heard them say this like a million times in different interviews. Well, Leah especially. I, I said this a million times. How he was a little farm boy. She says he was a farm mouse she says a country mouse mouse. mouse. she was a country mouse i was a city mouse and she felt that she had to take him under her wing um 
And I mean, there's been different interviews about this. So people already know that Leah said she was in love with Jonathan at first. Um, and it really, it really just showed how Leah was there for him um, while he was trying to like find himself and his sexuality when he wasn't out to everybody else. Um, he was out to Leah, but not by, he never really had to say that to her, yeah, she how just, she just like, like understood him yeah. and um, how they were just connected on such like an intimate level yeah. that they just really like understood each other. I thought like what was really interesting about what Jonathan said about why they bonded so much was like that the show through like their characters in the show they were able to like really work out their own personal issues like by playing their characters yeah. together so it like really just bonded them like through playing their characters and then they just developed this friendship of like at first like Leah said she was in love with him mm-hmm. and Jonathan also said too like that it really felt like they were in love like I think they are and I think <laughs> no like I think they really are in love like they like really love each other yeah. platonically like they okay. have such a normalized deep, 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 loving your friends that deep yeah honestly. they have such a deep friendship and a deep connection and you really see that in this documentary yeah, you really do and i think they real like it seems like they really like know each other very yes. well um which i thought was really like it was really cool to see. and and leah shared that story i think she said they were in a bar or something mm-hmm. and she went up to him and she was like why don't you love me yeah and i forgot what he said I think she, she, I don't know. I don't she, know if he said it. I think she just said she like could tell. Like yeah, she saw, she the saw it and like could tell. Yeah. They just, this whole documentary just showed that they understand yeah. each other on a crazy level. Yeah. <laughs> and then we did get the, the story, the, the desk lamp The, the coochie story. gate. We got coochie gate. We got to really see it in context. Yes. Because that was really pulled out of context, and people on the internet were taking it and running with yeah, it. Yeah, they had a field day with that. They really did. On, that went platinum on Twitter. It did. <laughs> it did go <laughs> on Twitter LLC. On Twitter LLC. <laughs> on the Twitter Hot 100. <laughs> that went platinum. And you know what? This documentary really showed that it wasn't even Leah who was no. being really explicit about... Who many people are ta- saying are saying the quote of leah when she said i showed him my whole vagina not enough people are talking about what happened next which was jonathan <laughs> saying i was really interested in the geography, geography. of the different parts and then he like launches into the specific <laughs> yeah, parts, and he's like i didn't know that the shit was that far north yeah like he's <laughs> fully saying all this complete with hand motions he's like drawing it out with his hands <laughs> And he was the one that was really going into he grave was detail. Into, he was getting into it. About it. And I respect him for that. No, and I respect him too. I'm I not just, saying it's a bad thing. I just, just feel that the people who think it's like so shocking that they both did and said that have never met a theater kid. Like, have no, you never <laughs> met a theater kid? <laughs> this is just regular old theater kid business. I have to say, like, even before... Before the context came out and I just saw the article. I was like, yeah, that sounds about I, it right. It didn't even register in my brain. I was like, okay. And people were appalled. I was like, what? And I was just like, I feel like that. I've heard stories like that about yeah. people I know. You know like, <laughs> the stuff that theater kids do in real life. Is crazy. Unhinged behavior. Yeah, like. They, and there are just theater kids in real life. They were kids. They were they literally. They were literal like, theater kids. 20. At the t- they were, yeah, Nine, like. Late teens, they early twenties. Like, col- like when I think of when I was in college, the stuff that the drama majors would pull. Oh my god! Some crazy you know what stuff. I'm talking about. <laughs> so everyone needs to chill with that. And if you're gonna if you're gonna go off on anybody, it's Jonathan. <laughs> it should be Jonathan, honestly, because yeah, he was getting very graphic. He really was. I was least. actually I didn't realize he was gonna say all that. I thought like the most shocking part was gonna be Leah saying. I showed him my whole yeah. vagina, but and then Leah goes on to say how she has never seen his his penis, but she literally like whispered it. She was like, "But I've never seen his penis." Like, girl, you just said all that about <laughs> showing him your vagina, and, you're gonna and then whisper you can't, penis? you're going to whisper the word penis. That was hilarious. It was so funny, such a funny moment. Yeah, of the doc. 
Um, we already talked like a decent amount about Jonathan, his the, like the coming out story and how mm. that was like a through line. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it was very like, it was very moving like to see him be so open about it. And I think something yeah. that people don't even think about like or take for granted now is like how different it was in 2006. That's so true. Yeah. And you can really tell when Jonathan is recalling um, his experience at Spring Awakening and and just like struggling with his sexuality is that like he really was like struggling. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like you can really see that when he's retelling. Oh yeah. The story that he like was really not comfortable like in his own skin. Yeah. And I loved what he yeah. said at the end too where he was like saying how he was so uncomfortable and stuff mm-hmm. and then by the end he's like eventually like once he came out he was like and now I love that I'm this way and yeah. like I wouldn't want to be any uh, other way and I thought that was I really love nice him. thing to say. It and, was. And I also loved at the ending too when finally like Leah tells the story of when he actually came out to her mm-hmm. and um he says like um he says, I think he said to her, like, my roommate's my, not yes, my roommate, he's my, my boyfriend. boyfriend. And she just said, like, I know. Yes, she said, I and know. And I think, I I just think it was really, like, a nice story of, like, how they had this friendship, like, that went so far beyond, like, anyone's sexuality. Like, that wasn't, like, even, like, they knew each other as people. Like, it didn't matter. Yes, like, exactly. That, that didn't matter. And I think that's, like... I don't know, maybe something that, like, also now, like, people, again, like, take for granted in 2022, like, at least, like, in, among, like, people that I'm friends with, like, I, like, sexuality is not a big deal at all, no. but, like, of course not. at the time, like, yeah, I guess, I think it, 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 not that it was a bit, like, obviously, like, they didn't make it a big deal, yeah. but, like, for Jonathan, it felt like it might have been a big deal, yeah. you know, and, like, I think it was nice to... And it's, I feel like this documentary and even interviews that like we've watched in the past, Leah was so accepting of Jonathan immediately. Like even without, like not even about his sexuality, like he was this kid from the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania. And she really was like, she had been on Broadway multiple times Mm -hmm. at that point. And she really just like took him and was like there for him. Like immediately, it seems like immediately. Yeah. Yeah. This kind of leads us into another a question for the culture. <laughs> a question for the culture. And we're not going to say we're just well, putting the facts out there on the table. We're just presenting the evidence. We're yes. not say we're not endorsing this necessarily or anyone or anyone. We're just saying like okay, we're observing. So the question for the culture is <laughs> do you think it is the liaisons imminent is it coming is it coming is leah michelle's comeback coming especially after the documentary from observing some discourse Mm -hmm. on the internet it seems as if leah michelle really humanized herself in this documentary you really saw um i think a different side of her that and we've watched a lot of interviews (laughs) from spring awakening (laughs) And it really showed such a different side of her. Very came across as very mature and and self aware, very, very self aware, which is like not what people would expect. Okay? Yeah, and I think a lot of people on the internet are commenting on that and are seeing that. It seems. Yeah, and it seems that on Twitter dot com. Yeah, and we have <laughs> to say also like coupled with the fact that this documentary came out. Like, right after these negative funny girl reviews. Yeah. Which, again, like, not not even saying, like... Those things don't even have anything to do with each other. They don't have anything to do with each really other. They really don't. People and, are making it have something to do with each other. I just think, like, there's this moment now, it seems like, on the internet of, like, people admitting that, like... People saying people saying that... She should be Fanny Price. Maybe she should have been Fanny Price. Yeah. <laughs> Um, coupled with like this documentary coming out, which mm-hmm. really shows her in like a different light. Yeah, and I don't know. Maybe, maybe she can't redeem herself from all of the accusations that have been made against her, and like maybe she shouldn't get another job. But it's a question for the. And culture. you know what, Juliana was the first person that I heard use the term liaisons. Thank you. <laughs> and then all of a sudden. 
It's all over the internet. It Everybody is. is saying liaisons. It's on TikTok. It's on Twitter. It's actually, it's everywhere. I'm I'm gonna post a screenshot, guys, on our. We have <laughs> to find the first the, time. My first use of the word liaison. We have to search because our texts because I, it, yeah, I said it first. Because I, don't I search felt right now. that it was coming. I I know I okay. I think my first text. I texted it to Larissa, my oh, other friend. Okay. I think me. maybe, but I think I probably said it out loud to you before that. I don't think I just made it up when I texted it to Larissa. Wait. Okay. I found the text. Wait. I texted you. I said Leah Renaissance. Yes. You said Leah Renaissance and then I and said. And then you said legit Aaliyah Sons. But I said Leahsance to Larissa like a oh, month earlier. That's so interesting. But yeah. So I first used that word in February though. That's crazy. At least in text. But I must have said it out loud before that because yeah. I don't think I just made it up in that text. Unless I did. Don't know. So. That's crazy. And now it's everybody's talking about the I've seen, possible Leahsance. I've seen other terms. Like some people are just saying like what you said like Leo Leo Renaissance. Renaissance. and yeah. i'm like there's you can combine them so easily yeah Get it's it together. so easy <laughs> but some people have been saying michelle assance i don't i don't like that, that. leah sans michelle is iconic leah sans flows it does flows off the tongue. it really does <laughs> so so it's i don't know it's just like an interesting conversation i think of like it is what like also like what what will it like what would it would take be able like to, for her to be able to redeem herself yeah, honestly like I don't know. I don't know. Because she, obviously she's very talented. And like she yeah. hasn't. I would know. I'm very talented too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she hasn't obviously like gotten roles that are like up to her level of talent recently. No. So I don't know. Like what do we think? Can she redeem herself? You're going to have to do your own research, yeah. guys. You got to stream the doc. You got to stream the doc and, and think about it. Think about it. Let sleep on it. That's our question. Read the Broadway World message boards. So, yeah. So, uh, of course, as everybody knows at this point, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a Broadway She's World coming message board. She's coming out. This, like, again. I'm coming out again um, as a Broadway World message board. Troll. <laughs> Troll. <laughs> and I, I was seeing, I was looking at what people were saying about the documentary a lot of people who had seen the original show that like loved the documentary, but a lot of people even on there were saying like they were shocked at how well Leah came across in yeah. this documentary. And obviously you can make the argument like maybe she was putting on an act and like, yeah, but I, I think doing some good PR. Yeah. And of course she was. Well, I mean, yeah, but her like, PR team is working overtime team is working these days right now, but also it really what not just from her, but all around like, it felt very genuine. It felt it like really, these people it really, really loved this show and loved the experience mm-hmm. with each other. And, I th- and it really came across, like came out with, with Jonathan, like her bond with Jonathan. I think yeah. that more than anything really showed that, a different side of, of her. anything about her, like that. But I really feel like Jonathan brings out like a different, like part of her yeah. from all you know the content that we have yes. consumed over the years. Okay. <laughs> so, so question for the culture slide into our dms our email our email <laughs> drama fiends at gmail.com yeah and let us know what you think <laughs> um okay All so <laughs> okay so i think that's um our episode for today just yeah. a little second part just to discuss the documentary and which, to get more in depth about yeah spring awakening our which, favorite show ever. yeah which we just we couldn't we couldn't Help. We could not possibly fit that into one episode. We could probably do another episode on it, but we probably. won't. We will we won't. spare you. We have something. Really we have some exciting. things brewing. We have some. We actually have a lot of things brewing. So we if do. You're like, ugh. They just did another episode in Spring Awakening on board. No, no. Power we have through. Something new. We promise it will get better. <laughs> it will get better. Guess what? The stars. No, I was just gonna say they tell us Spring returning. returning, and in this case, Spring is content that is not just about spring awakening we promise <laughs> we promise um, we a have, purple summer is in a the purple future. summer is coming and it's gonna be really good and we're so excited we're about so excited we have coming up, like for real we're hyping ourselves up but no we, we've been girl bossing we have been guys. girl bossing so close to the sun but we are i don't know not what I was too close say. to the sun i was gonna say we're sunproof we're wearing our spf 
We are We're ready. We're super goop. We're wearing our super goop. We are ready to be close to the sun. Yes. <laughs> so come back next week for yes, something really fun. For a little fun. episode, a fun little up. Um, if anybody is doing spring weekening in the Long Island area, cast us. <laughs> <laughs> or on Broadway. Or on Broadway. Or Jonathan, a national tour. Or a national tour. I would do a national or tour. Or a regional theater. We'll do Jonathan it anywhere. Groff, if you're producing the Spring Awakening movie, cast us. We look 14-ish. We're getting a little <laughs> old, but we're not too I old know. yet. I'm actually a little stressed. I feel as if we're aging out we're of Spring Awakening. We're aging out of Spring Awakening rapidly. Rapidly. But we're not quite aged out yet. So if you are producing the movie right now, Jonathan... I don't know why I think it's Jonathan out Well, there. honestly, executive producer executive Jonathan Groff. Executive producer Jonathan Groff, if you're producing a Spring Awakening movie, keep us in mind. We'll do anything. <laughs> <You know. laughs> um, so that's it for this week. We hope you enjoyed listening to us yeah. rant. And, and also, gap. hopefully soon, we'll have a jingle. Yes. <laughs> We're working on it. We're, we've We're been, working on we've been, it. We've been brain showering brain showering that's like brainstorming but less violent. i love that i like it too we've been brain rainbowing oh i like that that's really cute <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> have a good week everyone bye, bye. <laughs>